Hey guys, how's it going? We've got a really interesting guest on the show this week, Drew from Kunara Wines in the Kunawara. Um, and as much as I wanted to talk about wine, we actually sat down and had a great chat about organic farming and some of the implications around you know, what looking after your soil is going to do, not only for the environment, but also our health. Got Nick with me here today. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. How you doing, Drew? Yeah, good. How are you? Thanks, Thanks I'm good. Thanks I'm, for uh, having me. No, no problem. Cheers for coming down. Yeah, yeah. welcome. This is great. Welcome Love to the ins- grass on the, the floor. The, insani- on the, uh, the insanity room, I like yeah. to call it. <laughs> I think Love I spent too much time in here. No, it's the uh, whole what? eco theme going on here. I love it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I think they could bring that in a bit more. So so the, the building we're in, what's so it's kind of like a co-working space. So oh, yeah. Like we, we uh, rent space off them at downstairs as sort of hot desks and oh, freelancers yeah. and yeah, lots, of, lots of interesting people doing interesting mm. stuff. They have like segmented all of the, the bins and things now, but I think there could be more of an emphasis on the kind of a sustainability element in the building. <laughs> Recycling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get a compactor, trash compactor. Yeah. That uh, just punches out furniture or something. Yeah, it's interesting, but I, th- I feel like... Uh, uh, it's something I need to improve on as well, personally at home. I'm, I'm recycling that. And it's, yeah, I'm not that good at it. It's, well, it's a tough one. Because at the moment, only 6% of all stuff getting recycled actually, actually gets into re- be recycled. And so I heard really, that a lot of it yeah. gets, like we're outsourcing a lot of it to, to eight, China as well. Yeah, we were. And then they shut it down, which okay. is... Um, so they shut so, that down and so now we have a backup of... So now we've got um, whole places just going, yeah, we can't take uh, recycled stuff anymore literally the council's their biggest concern is actually how they get rid of all this recycled stuff and then you've got countries like um sweden that mm. actually take on other people's um waste oh, and wow. burn it for fuel so they actually burn it at such a high temperature that it actually removes any of the toxins that oh. gets released okay and then filters any um any smog mm. but um that actually so they actually get paid to make um, power wow. from other countries. Oh, well. That seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, I know. The Swedes are good yeah. at that. Yeah, the <laughs> <Swedes>. <laughs> yeah. It seemed to yeah. be ahead in everything. I mean, they got the... Uh, I think they're going to be the first one to have a like, fully digital cash, if, if not already. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, Finland, I think. So oh, Finland. Fin- yeah. Finland, yeah. Finland have okay. introduced a, like a crypto-style kind of wow. uh, currency yeah, on yeah. a national level. Yeah. And also... a national minimum wage or a living wage. So yeah, okay. A living wage. Yeah. Yeah. Like the coin, like the coin is such a like a archaic, antiquated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just filthy metal that you bustle around in no. your in your pockets. It's just awful. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, think of all the millions that goes to banks that with crypto. You know, yeah. the whole idea is you remove that percentage that a lot of the banks are taking and mm-hmm. yeah. bring it, put it back into yeah. society. Yeah. Will change. Yeah, especially I think one of the big things with crypto is you know like forex or transfers. So like the, yeah. the you know that market you know is is. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, right to be <laughs> professional here. Phone on. Um, you have one. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't ever stop. Um, you know, like right to be disrupted because, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy if you're trying to live overseas and send money back or whatever. So that's where oh, you yeah. know, th- there's some real uh, real world applications for no, it. No, funny Pablo Escobar was around now. Yeah, that's right. It's all on his phone. Money, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Drew, you're in the, uh, you're in the wine business, but yeah. um, we've got into recycling we to kick off here. But, um, but that, I mean, does that flow into, I suppose, your kind of philosophy around, around wine and about you know, some of the things that yeah, yeah, look, interest um, you? You know, we're, I was always fascinated with wine, being uh, from Kunawara originally, but 
in the last uh, 10 years, we uh, organic. So 2006, I said to our viticulturalist at the time that I wanted to go organic and mm. she quit. <laughs> so it, it'll never happen. It's mm. too expensive. You know, you'll never be able to do it. The disease mm. pressure will be too high and yeah. every other excuse. And, you know, I ended up having a meeting with her sitting down saying, hey, look, you know, really, we're only doing one spray that's non-organic at this stage. Even if we have to replace that with six organic sprays, you know, I'm happy to take the risk and cost wise. Yeah. So talked her into it, you know, 10 years later, she's, you know, born again, you know, eco-environmentalist, awesome. completely believes in it, can see exactly uh, the benefit. What was the catalyst for you at that point in 2006, seven? Um, I had, I came back to the family property and uh, my dad had cancer and a lot of it was, they were saying that it was actually caused by a lot of the chemicals that oh, were wow, used, dude. so on the farm and yeah, on okay. the vineyard, so mm-hmm. um, things like glyphosate and... Yeah. Uh, very high levels of cop- copper, which we put in um, troughs and things. So, okay. um, you know, copper in low levels is fine. High levels of anything is, yeah, is wow. not great. Mm-hmm. So um, I saw that as a something that I didn't want to bring my kids up in yeah, and, sure. you know, looked at other alternatives. And, you know, once you open that door, you realise um, just how much is out there mm-hmm. and, and actually works so much better than, than chemicals. It's mm-hmm. incredible. You know, so now we... We are, um, we are what I call eco um, in organic. So um, we do an ecosystem. Okay. So we um, grow a lot of flowers that encourages a lot of hunter bugs in our vineyards so that we don't need to use even organic pesticides. Um, so that's um, something which, which a lot of vineyards have a lot of trouble getting their head around yeah. because, you know, not spraying is, is just not, you know, it's foreign to their their culture but being able to even not um, mow is a big issue so um, literally uh, yesterday I was mowing uh, the vineyard but we row every se- we mowed every second vine- uh, row okay and then when the flowers grow back again we grow we row the the other second one so we have to keep the grass down for frost at this time of year but mm-hmm. as soon as we're out of the uh, frost season then we just let the flowers go yeah, nuts cool. so yeah. Do you feel like the pressure of kind of running a you know, commercial you know, business, which a lot of most wineries are now, you know, they, it just forces this need to like, right, we're just going to cut costs wherever we can without really understanding the implications of what they might be sometimes. And obviously something like, you know, your father hit that hits home on a very personal level and you start realising, shit, there's uh, things here that, you know, we're just ignoring kind of, you know, just sort of... Ignoring. Do yep. you just sort of turn a blind eye to? Well, it's it's finding out that what... Almost the exact opposite of what you've been taught is is what's true, yeah, which sure. is the really hard thing, especially if you've. Um, to give you an example, we met with a microbiologist the other day, and he was assessing some of the compost that we're using on the on the farm, and he said, "Well, actually, my first um, degree is in viticulture," and he okay. said, "But once I did microbiology, and when I, I realised that in viticulture, all they were doing is saying." Here's a disease. Here's the chemicals to use to kill it. Here's a pest. Here's the chemicals to use to yeah, kill okay. it. He said, "Being a microbiologist, then you actually realise the full scale of the ecosystem." And um, well, he didn't say this, but you know, I know that for every one pest problem, mm. there's seventeen hundred beneficial bugs. So, mm. okay, you know, we have light brown apple moth and vine moth are the big um, pests, but we have uh, six moth uh, six wasps that actually um, eat 
loose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, so part of three different spiders. Eco organic is, is introducing species and, and, you know, actually sort of trying to have a symbiotic kind of. Exactly. Mm. So creating a, a, um, a food source for them. Very cool. But then other things where, um, where people were keeping the weeds away, we actually found out then later once you actually grow the, the weeds in between the vines and, you know, everybody calls them weeds. I call them beneficial, um, <laughs> you know, plants that we put in there. But whatever you see above the ground, there is up to two and a half times or 2.3 times the amount of organic material below the ground. Mm. So if it's, let's say, a two-foot high weed, then below the ground you've got two foot of roots, which is you know twice as much as what's above the ground. So when you actually mow that grass down to, say, 10 centimetres, those roots die off to 10 centimetres, leave that organic material in there, oh. and that is all this carbon that is ex- literally we are removing it from the atmosphere to help you know remove uh, greenhouse oh, effect wow. so Jeez. not only that you find that this um this organic content will hold 90 percent of its weight in water mm-hmm. okay so suddenly our water bill goes down yeah. so everybody says oh well weeds compete with the vines for water well the exact opposite is true hmm. is that those weeds have left so much organic mm-hmm. material there that if we have one percent more organic material in the soil that is the equivalent to 144,000 litres of water being held extra wow. per hectare. Wow. wow. So that if we can get annually, 3%, that's, that's yeah, 3% extra organic wow. material is an Olympic size swimming pool every hectare. Jeez. Wow. Held. So, how do you do it again? So, you mow it how? You just it? let it grow out. Yeah. So, um, this was one of the reasons why the Great Plains of America was such a productive area mm. is that they would actually have these herds of bison come through mm-hmm. and they would you know mow this grass right down and those roots would die off mm-hmm. and then um, leave that organic material and that creates this whole microbiome so you've got all of these great bugs and stuff wow. which you help mm-hmm. grow then that plant again so the, the roots will grow again and just keep leaving this organic material in the soil mm. so you know you find that this all of this organic material helps grow the plants above it so then those plants actually grow thicker stronger they're healthier because you've got all the nutrients um are actually all that microbiome of pulling up all the nutrients that are used so you don't need fertilizers um, you've got this a huge amount you know some of that soil is like there's a farm in uh, in california that's got 26 percent organic material wow. yeah, that is huge that is swimming pools of water that they've just been held there and how does it affect the like the terroir and the, and the wine like did you, did, is it noticeably different in the, yeah, in well, the, the 10 years that you've been exactly. organic so if you um you build up these um nutrients and we do it um we started by putting foliar nutrient sprays on like seaweed and yep. we analyze the soil see what's missing and then put on a, a unique mix to to cover that yeah um but once you get the soil up and running so our younger vines that saw very little Roundup or glyphosate, yeah. um, weed killer, that has huge weeds that grow very fast. The old vineyards is still struggling because of that years and years of, of uh, weed killer that we've put on it. Sure. So, so what we're finding is that when you have grapes and you put it into um, fermentation, that quite often they can have a stuck ferment and that's because you're missing nutrients in the grapes. So because we have such a complete nutrient in our grapes, we never have a problem with stuck ferment with any mm. of the wines, the grapes wow. that we grow, oh, which is one benefit, but mm-hmm. also you actually get a lot more um, complexity mm-hmm. in the wine and it goes through smoothly. 
and um, we don't have disease pressure at all. That's the other thing that everybody says. Oh, you're yep. going to have a lot of disease because yeah, okay. you can't use the chemicals, mm-hmm. but it's like the human body. Mm-hmm. So if you think of the soil like your gut, if you get all the microbiome in your gut, get your probiotics right, yeah. you stay healthy, you can absorb a lot more nutrients. That's probably quite a good analogy, mm-hmm. right? So if you if you, you know, take a lot of almost antibiotics, yeah. which... which serve their purpose for some things but if you're constantly doing that that's not good for mm. your gut health and it's going to cause yeah so antibiotics elsewhere. will kill your gut bacteria yeah. and you have a lot of trouble absorbing a lot of the nutrients and then Life you need then you need to the use same. yeah something else to yeah. count you know to, to help fill in that gap and instead of this vicious cycle that's right? right so how glyphosate works is it actually um it prevents certain minerals positive iron minerals from the plant being able to use it and so it's basically gives effectively uh, gives the plant aids so it, okay. it doesn't die from the weed killer itself it actually dies from the disease once those weeds can't actually access all of the minerals that it needs to so survive like a deficiency yeah okay it's a deficiency and does it exactly. attack certain plants or is it basically going to work on all plant matter it will work on all plant matter but if you had a, a plant in completely sterile soil yeah then and sprayed it with glyphosate it wouldn't die because okay. there's no disease that are the bugs yeah, okay, that can actually yeah, attack. Yeah. Sure. But what you end up doing is actually killing all the good bugs, leaving the bad ones there. And so your soil, if you get uh, 3% of glyphosate hits the soil, you'll lose 80% of your iron um, bugs. And usually it's a lot higher than that. So mostly where the glyphosate is, you have less than 80% of the microbiome there that it's needed to to get all of those nutrients into the into the plant or vine or and is glyphosate generally sprayed like between the vines like in the rows or is uh, yeah, it underneath yeah, so underneath. it's mostly you know if you're spraying an area that's already been sprayed it's probably 80 percent is going on the soil okay so and yeah. a lot you'll see that are heavily glyphosated you'll see a moss which you find on rocks because there's basically no nutrients so there. It's just it's killed. Just, but i mean how does that make sense with you know the the roots of the vines are you know 30 centimeters next no to they, they spread out into the okay. into the rows so yeah. but um you know, the idea is that if you can, you know, imagine here in South Australia, you've got the driest state and the driest content, continent in the world, yeah. that if we could do um, grow these flowers in between all of the crops along the River Murray, yeah. you are literally holding billions of litres yeah, of wow. rainwater yeah. that that doesn't get, you know, well, the biggest thing is usually it's evaporation. So it usually gets evaporated because there's nothing there to protect it. So you've effectively taken the skin off the yeah, okay. off the soil as such, which is the, the weeds that help everything. And even the head of um, one of the, the largest uh, almond companies just said to me the other day, he said their organic growers spend a lot less on pesticides. Interesting. Hmm. Mm-hmm. wonder why then um, um, organic uh, like vegetables are more expensive. Well, this is the thing. So, mm. you know... You can we can grow our grapes cheaper, mm. and people who really take on the the ecosystem type of our, uh, uh, organics, mm-hmm. they will they can grow it cheaper. Mm. So there is um, in Australia we the organic produce is about three to six percent more expensive to grow on average. That's okay. the complete average. Mm-hmm. But Coles and Woolies put thirty percent on it yeah. because they know you'll pay for it. Yeah, just the premium. So. You know, if it was only three percent more, you would pay for that. Mm-hmm. But even today, I saw yeah. broccoli in uh, Woolworths, eight dollars for the organic, four dollars for the non-organic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge discrepancy, fifty percent difference in mm-hmm. price. When in fact, it's only cost them three to six percent more. I think that that's just theft in the in yeah. the big supermarkets. Well, I mean, because oh, the produce is, I don't, 
I, I don't, some of it's probably fine, but you know, it, it doesn't feel like it's you know the, the best quality organic produce either. It's just put that organic label on it, and it's you know, at Woolies, of course. Well, the great news is that we are getting a change. So yeah. we're seeing um, there's a great uh, godfather of of plant nutrition, Graham Sait. Okay, uh, he's working with the largest uh, food company in the world, and he's got at least uh, one billion dollars of their thirteen billion dollars to got them to go organic on that and they've found that they've got an 11 percent better crop return so not including the price that's just you know a a larger uh, turnover he has also worked with Woolworths in South Africa yeah and he started with their tomatoes and now he's actually uh, consults for all of their fresh produce wow they've found that their um, shelf life has increased by 10 percent because he's building the nutrients in it and when you build the nutrients in it, it doesn't get sick. You don't have disease pressure. The plants live longer and the growers are stoked because they're saving a fortune on the amount of chemicals that they were mm. previously using. Do, do you know much about, because obviously, you know, the history of farming, but viticulture, or both are, are thousands of years old, right? So these, you know, these chemicals are only less than 100 years old, you know, 60, 70 years old. And obviously they've been marketed well and, and, and the way they've sort of been pushed into the farming industry in general has been sort of aggressive and all of a sudden it seemed like this is just the standard but it obviously wasn't for the majority of you know the history of of farming no Um, look at these going back to practices that that were you know traditionally done or well um there's a great book uh called the history of soil um, and a new book out by a guy called um gabe brown who's uh traces the steps of tilling in the soil so tilling what it does is because we build up this microbiome in the soil, once you run a till through it, it rips it up. It's like spaghetti under there and kills off this microbiome. So they've actually shown that um, in the Romans and Greek, um, they, they actually moved, they had to expand their their empires because they were actually Killing running out soil. of soil. Mm. Yeah. But I'm reading a book at the moment called The History of Progress. It's the same thing. Oh, so yeah, they talk about... Uh, so they talk about a bunch of different, so Sumer, like in Mesopotamia, similar mm. things. So like Bab- Babylon, they, they basically, yeah, they just exhausted the, the soil right. and the nutrients in the soil. In, yeah. in, in South America, too. so the Mayan Empire, they basically, the same thing happened. And they had to keep expanding out further mm. into the Amazon because they just, they essentially killed the, uh, killed right. the soil. Yeah. Well, imagine that and then timesing it by yeah. 10,000 is exactly what's happening today. And, so. that's, and that's what people don't understand. I th- and I think looking at, so... They, they use Easter Island, which was a slightly different uh, problem. But I mean, Easter Island was, you know, within I think six or seven hundred years, had gone from a tropical paradise into a, a desolate wasteland. Yeah, basically due to humans taking more yep. than more than the earth could give back, right? Exactly. Yeah. So you've got this um, this you know issue that we don't realize how much we're losing. So at the moment, we're losing four billion dollars. Sorry, four billion tons of topsoil a year globally. Wow. We are um, we've got a huge issue that the fact that you don't realise how much is going. So if you look at a sheet of paper, the thickness of that paper, if that blew away on a hectare of soil, that is one tonne wow. of topsoil. <laughs> the sheet of a paper. Yeah, wow. So yeah. we're talking you know, a mil, less yeah. than a mil. Wow. So you times that out by the millions of square kilometres that we've got here in South Australia alone, mm. this is why we need to... You, know, we, you can't have a bare soil. We literally are just... Um, losing it but we need to change soil into dirt oh sorry need to change dirt Dirt into into living soil Mm. and understanding how important that is so Mm. so there's um farmers in saskatchewan they've uh, over 60 percent of them now are no-till 
So okay. that means they don't rip it up after the season. They just chop it down and then plant straight away into it so that that microbiome is mm. still living and active. And they have, they're putting a minimum of one tonne of carbon into the soil per hectare, okay. which is the equivalent every year of taking off 21 million cars off the road. Wow. Jeez. So that's in one state in uh, Canada. Yeah. Like, a, you know, this is uh, huge. So, you know, this is what we met with the government just uh, last week and brought Graham Sait over to, to meet with the agriculture minister. Where's he minister. from originally? He's Queenslander. Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. So um, he's consulted consults to about eight different countries, to the governments of eight different countries on, on basically how to save the soil because we're at a, a race now to be able to stop it from degrading to such a point that we actually And like you said, in Australia, survive. especially mm. like in South Australia or what's happening in, in, in New South Wales and Queensland at the moment, we're in a, I would say, fairly susceptible, you know, we don't have these, you know, huge resources of, of water and, you know, a fertile soil here in South Australia. So you know, once oh, it's dead, we it's, need it it's gone. more right? than anyone. Yeah. yeah. So the Scientific American uh, in 2017 put out a statement saying we have 60 years left of soil. Yeah. That's it because of the rate it's disappearing. Wow. So we need um, at least uh, to increase the amount of good soil by 6 million uh, tons a year sorry I mean six million hectares a year yeah and it's actually degrading to a desertification by 13 million wow. hectares a year so that, to give you an idea that's the size of England every year is being uh, made into deserts basically but we can turn it around mm. very very easily mm. so and, and what's the I mean obviously like there's these barriers so so you know climate change and all these things that that scientifically Right, proven right that these things yeah. these things are happening and there's this you know industry and, and and politics pushes back on it but it you know how to from a grassroots level and you know running a you know, farm and working in agriculture yourself like how do we start changing that and educating people because that there's that you know thing where people just don't want to hear it right like well, we don't want True. to hear it yeah well especially you know farmers are um stressed enough yep. they're making very little but you know, there's a there's farmers that I mentioned, Gabe Brown in the US. He actually, um, he's got five uh, percent extra organic material in his soil, which he values at uh, US nine thousand dollars an well, acre. Imagine what's going to happen in sixty years when there's no topsoil left. How, how much no, soil is right. going to be worth? So he's he's putting that value on it because it's what he saves him in chemical use. So yeah, interesting. Know, um, but I mean, it, that would it would be you know it's going to be this you know well, you know where can we grow thing it, it, oh, that, if it comes down to that. Yeah, and it's just it's just an education thing. But the good news is is that we can if all of the farmers actually did this no till and if they practiced um, cell grazing is the other thing. So animals eat down the grass. Yeah, sure. Leave that organic material, let it grow again. This actually um, is massively more productive for the for farms and things and it's what they've shown in the great plains i said the bison herd go through and um they've shown in uh, a huge um re-vegetation of africa as well okay um so they had um getting herds through again and just getting this whole area re-vegetated so believe it or not you know cattle can actually save the world right. but but doing that they say if we got all of the farms doing this we could turn it around and actually have a negative um greenhouse effect um global warming in 30 years farming the cattle to or farming soybeans i read an interesting article in the atlantic the other week about and i i, I eat meat but about if, if americans 
full stop in the US, that Northern America stopped consuming beef, not just beef, nothing else. It, it would have a, it would put them at the like the, the Paris Agreement you know, uh, carbon reduction in in five years or ten years, something like that, um, just because they basically growing soy in South America and Brazil yep. to feed the, the cattle, <laughs> yeah. you know, to feed the humans. Wow. But if, if, if we flipped that and just ate the soy, and, you know, so the, mm. there's all these little things that can be done yeah. to start making huge changes. Well, that, they don't have to have, you know, radical right. impact on your life. Like it's not, you don't have to completely change your lifestyle or. Yeah. Well, look, even taking those cattle, Americans love their feedlots. Yeah. Taking them out of the Grazing. feedlot onto the yeah. property, you actually find that a healthy soil has actually microbiomes that break down methane. So all the issue about methane, it's not a not yeah, a problem yeah, sure. when they're actually cell grazing it correctly. Mm-hmm. And you get all of the you know, the cattle feces back into the soil again just builds it up and, and adds to it and mm-hmm. you can turn it around in, in a very short period of time. In fact there was a good story that Graham Sate tells about uh, he had a farm in the in Queensland. It was a two thousand two hundred acre farm. And the wife said, give me the 200 acres and I will make more profit on your 2,000 in three, within three years. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they made a $10,000 bet and she divided it into cell grazing and <laughs> she had it. She did it within two years. Wow. So she had the smaller lot or? She had the smaller lot. Yeah, so wow. one-tenth yeah. of the size of his yeah, farm cool. <laughs> and she had made more money in two years. Interesting. And not only that, you've got these amazing um, microbiomes that will actually burrow into... Um, it's just rock and particular different types of quartz and all sorts of things. And mm-hmm. there's a great talk by a guy called uh, Dr. Philip Gregory. Okay. And he talks about how these microorganisms bury into things like rock and pull out all of the nut- nutrients. So you end up oh, finding... Right. So you get nutrients out of rock. Yeah. So you think, well, there's no nutrients in here to start with. Mm-hmm. And even Graham said that he was talking to the wife saying, you know, you must have cheated. You've got fertilizer on here somewhere. And she said, I've never put any fertilizer on mm-hmm. Because suddenly all of these nutrients became unlocked and get to be able to use them. Wow. So just to go back to, to tilling, so the, the practice of tilling. So is, I mean, is that just turning soil over, or is that like what? Or? Yeah, I was going to ask that too. Yeah, so tilling can be. Um, it's usually ripping it up and turning it over, okay. and mm-hmm. what you're doing is exposing that um, those you know microbiome to the sun, and yeah. that kills them off. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So if you um, not only that, you're actually, because you're breaking up all of those um, microbiomes under the soil as well, it doesn't hold it together as well. Yeah. So that organic material it holds water, but and that it actually holds a lot of the, the particles together as well, mm-hmm. so it doesn't blow away. And leaving that top, sale, soil, a top layer of plant, for yeah. example. So um, there's a farm called the Singing Frogs in, in California that when they... Um, pick a crop they actually plant immediately within the hour a new crop wow. so they'll actually chop it yeah, down okay. Okay. and they're making a good living from one acre of land wow so so, is, so take that back because mm. i have a like a, a veggie plot in my garden <laughs> okay, I, okay. I didn't i didn't uh like last summer spring summer I, I grew a lot i had all sorts of different vegetables and i kind of just let it go over winter i didn't do anything i, I just i'm like shit i better wear start looking at it and the soil was very dry and you know like so where I had my cucumbers that I used for pickles last year is just sort of like it's like rock so I, I started sort of hoeing into it and it's you know it's clay you know it's yeah, very clay it's and, yep. and it's just clumped up so is that it's through winter should I have had organic matter in there sort of growing or like what, yep. what so you just you know leave the weeds things like um 
And I, don't, loosen, I haven't sprayed it at all, but yeah. yeah um, loosen and clover, you know, these are nitrogen fixing, so they add to the soils and plants can actually use that nitrogen when it needs. Mm. Um, you can do plant flowers. So that brings yeah. in all the good bugs. You know, yellow and white stamened flowers will bring in all of those good bugs that will actually feed on a lot of the things that might have a crack mm. at your, yeah. your garden. Okay. Yeah, and, cool. um, and if you have a snail problem, there's um, a great product called B-Sub from Nutritech. Cool. And it's actually a um, probiotic. It's called Bacillus subtilis, and humans used to take it over a hundred years ago before antibiotics because it kickstarts your immune system. Yeah, oh. but, but that it does a for, great um, thing of killing snails. No, 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 millipedes as well. So I had a real millipedes, big millipede same problem. thing, same problem. Yeah. So, so what's the, what's the product? Also, I, actually, I found a, an B organic dash sub. I wonder if that's what I had. So I, I did find a product that because you know, I, I was looking at a lot of the products that you know. I, I, because they were everywhere. They were so yeah. all through the bottles I had. You're in the hills, are you? No, uh, Maslin Beach. So, ah, so they've moved. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. and, and yep. it was it was crazy. And I was like, well, what am I going to do here? So, and and I looked at all the products, you know, bunnings or whatever. And I was like, this is poison. I don't, I don't. Yeah. Want, this is like in my vegetable plot. So, well, I can tell you when we picked our Pinot Gris grapes in Mount Gambier, we had such a massive millipede problem that we had probably twenty thousand millipedes. Jesus. Wow. in the bins it's pretty disgusting yeah and it gives flavor like it that year mm. it was a while ago now thankfully but we i could taste it and i just refused to wow try it. okay oh and the next year <laughs> with using uh, b sub we had about 200 so mm. almost none in there mm. you know in a big uh, two-ton you bin. taste it really like is it that that odor yep. you get when you step on it exactly oh, yeah, but oh that, no yeah <laughs> eat one you tell me <laughs> So, and even the next door neighbor who was dead against organics, you know, just said, nah, you're a waste mm. of time, was saying, how did you kill all the snails and millipedes? Like, mm. this is incredible. We said one spray of a completely harmless, you know, microbacteria that's, yeah. in fact, you can actually eat it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And it actually um, grows and survives in the soil. Wow. So. I, was, I was actually looking at, uh, someone showed me, um, like, Google Maps of, um, I think it's um, Haiti. In Jamaica, in that region, so like apparently in in Haiti, like fifty years ago, there was a huge um a sh- uh, sugar cane boom, I think. Yep. And they they thrashed out the soil so much that in Google Maps you can actually see where the border is between Haiti and the country oh, next yeah. to it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like it's just arid, and then the border is just all green. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's really worth watching the TED talk by Alan Savory. Okay, okay. this guy's incredible. We'll, we'll chuck it in the uh, yeah. in the link. As well. Check in the link. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you a whole heap of yeah, geez, links to this great. and the links to um, Dr. Philip Gregory. Yeah. He's Perfect. got a he's got a um, YouTube video which is a bit cheesy, but it's only had 109 views. Oh, really? It, it's 17 minutes to cure global warming. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! So it's uh, it's amazing. Um. So, yeah, I want to see that 109 views go up now because of this podcast. <laughs> but Alan Savory um, is that podcast shows you how to, again, to fix the, the whole desertification. So we've got two-thirds of grasslands in the world are actually going through desertification, which mm. is part of the reason why I hate the word sustainable. That needs to be regenerative. Yeah, okay. So mm-hmm. sustainable means, you know, the staying the same, the we need to get it back. Degenerating, yeah. Yeah. But we can do it, you know, quickly. So I talked about um, one ton per uh, of carbon per acre that we can easily do that. That is the minimum, you know. Like these other um, places, you can get up to twenty six tons per yeah, wow. acre, you know, being put back in there carbon. Mm-hmm. And so 
the world has a finite amount of carbon, so CO2. It's that C part of it, of the O2. Mm -hmm. You can lock that up in the soil. So one-third of the world's uh, greenhouse gases have actually come from carbon being removed from farming. Yeah, interesting. Wow. So if we can just put that back, we can literally see it reversed. Mm -hmm. So, And not only that, the amazing thing with it is that once you get all these microbiomes happening, that they will actually lock up a lot of the toxins that may have been there from using glyphosate or other yeah, okay. chemicals on the yeah. on the um, on the property yeah. so why, why is why is tilling like such a like a standard thing when it's that bad for the soil well weeds are just the enemy whereas yeah. in fact you can actually co-plant a lot of things so mm. um people who are really making a difference with things like corn they'll plant um maybe lupins and um and clover in it so it'll add nitrogen back into it and but it's monoculture stays right? low yeah just planting wheat but it or stops corn. that uh, other weeds coming through but also um the other little known thing is that most people don't realize is that if you have your soil is not at 6.4 ph you will have a pest and disease problem hmm. so the the experts in this say almost never have they ever seen a pest and disease problem where the soil has been at 6.4 so if you can get that pH right, weeds survive very well at high pH. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we talk about weeds as the bad guy, but pests and, and weeds are actually there to try and help us, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. So weeds will, um, quite often if, they, if you've got your soil at 5.5 pH, it's very acidic, you'll find that the weeds that do grow well there have got these big long tap roots and they're actually very high in calcium in their roots. So they're trying to pull up calcium to try and balance that pH. Yeah, okay. If you've got a low pH um, in a crop, for example, they, they did a test with wheat crop and they had, uh, it was at 5.5 pH, they put a 1,000 wheat weevils in there. They ate that crop until they got the soil to 6.4 pH and then they literally left and started eating the weeds next to it hmm. because the crops are weak at that uh, pH level, but you get it right, then they're suddenly they're healthy. They give off a different vibration to that um, weed, uh, to that um, pest, and then suddenly the weeds are actually the ones who are unhealthy, and so they're actually attracted to that. So they will eat the. It's like natural selection. They'll eat the the, the weakest. It's thing. interesting though. Before you said you don't like to call them weeds, but at the end of the day, you know, you're trying to grow something in an environment where one plant is thriving, right? And you're saying, well. Get rid of the thing that's just, you know. I, if I leave my garden, I'm, I'm going to get, I get, I get nasturtium, which is which isn't a bad weed, but it's it's cool and it'll just go everywhere. Yeah, um, we've got rocket, it's rocket, meant to be yeah, a real pa weed, pa but parsley as well. Stuff, I, have, yeah. I have parsley in my garden that's yeah. just you know, bolts up everywhere. Exactly, yeah, mint's the same thing. Exactly. So picky um, good weeds, but the problem you've yeah. got now, we've got 168 um, weeds that are now. Um, Roundup resistant, which yeah, okay. means yeah, sure. that you know these are the worst of the weeds, and suddenly they're the ones that are actually going to survive. The more you spray glyphosate, the more these weeds, you know, come into being and cause a massive problem. So if we if we plant something like clover, mint doesn't matter, those sort of things just covers it, stops other weeds, and takes help. All the stuff that I know that we have different practices in Australia, but you know the the Monsantos of the world in the states, and, you know, and the sort of proprietary seeds and you know making farmers buy yeah. seeds every yeah. year and you know it, 
I don't think that happens as much here, but I mean, that that's kind of scary. In terms of what you're talking oh, it does. about, it does happen? No, so similar thing? We are very lucky in South Australia and we need to be vigilant on this. Mm. So we are non-GMO. Yeah. So we don't have any GMOs. We're the only state that don't have GMOs. And we are getting more money per tonne of those crops, so wheat and barley and all those things, yeah. because of that. Because so, of that status, yeah. You know, I've heard people in government say, oh, you know, we're losing money. We're not we're losing money, we're actually gaining money because other countries are realising just how um, dangerous these GMOs are because they're Roundup resistant. So what this means is not that the fact that they're GMO, that's not the big deal. Yeah, sure. It's the fact that they are Roundup resistant. So things like soy, 95% of the world's soy is Roundup resistant. So yeah. what they do is they spray the whole crop with glyphosate yeah, and then it absorbs into the soy and builds up in the in the elbows of leaves and sits there so you can't wash it off it's in the actual plant mm. then we eat the plant and the same problem that killed that weed which was mineral deficiency suddenly they're right monsanto's yeah. right the the you know it doesn't kill us but it stops all of these minerals from being able to be absorbed into our guts mm. because it kills off all the gut bacteria that can absorb positive minerals so magnesium um, calcium, potassium, zinc, these are all positive minerals that suddenly our bodies can't absorb. And so it's disappearing. And the problem is that when that happens, something like magnesium, that causes, if you can't absorb enough, then you actually get stressed. And when you stress, you excrete magnesium. So okay. you have this snowball effect. So, you know, this is, and so and you get more you stressful. Kind of touched on before in terms of sort of, that's yeah. right. So, you know, suddenly mental health, as well. mental health is so important that if you get all the nutrients in the soil. So we want to make nutrient-dense foods. It's got nothing to do with organic. Yeah. It's actually building up the strength of those plants so much that you don't need pest control or sure. disease control. And do you find that, you know, the word's obviously been co-opted and now it's, you know, now it's the kind of, you know, it's been a buzzword for a long But, you know, like it's not about whether it... Do you, do you stress about things being certified or is it just about the practices? If the practices are in place... That Look, if we can get the, the practices... And again, I'll, I'll give you the example that Graham State did with the tomatoes, just the tomatoes in South Africa. So they had a big issue with a lot of chemical use and tomato growing there is exactly as it is here today is that they were spraying it every three days with fungicide and pesticide, okay. which, of course, absorbs in. Yep. It's like any skin these things absorb in. So what he ended up doing is actually turning it around. He, he consulted to Woolworths. They got all their growers in, said, listen to this guy. If you don't do what he says, then you're not going to be a grower for us. They wow. now um, spray. So that was every three days on that tomato. Now they do two sprays for the life of that tomato hmm. of an organic uh, compost tea, which yep, just sure. and then building up the nutrients on it. So the growers stoked because suddenly they're saving a fortune on chemicals and we've got a 10 percent better shelf life for Woolworths so they're happy for the same price you know these guys are making more money these guys are making more money i mean 10 percent extra shelf life alone is huge so you know we're we're lucky Woolworths have just done an initiative on trying to get more organic food into into their stores yeah cool um, because of the demand for it but but it's it's trying to convince these growers to build the nutrients in it and therefore you'll get a naturally healthier um, plant. So, you know, we don't 
man, and I've had you know experts tell me there's no way that I can do this on my vineyard, but you know our costs are probably one third less than most vineyards because we don't need to mow very often. Okay, and we don't use any pesticide at all. We've got all those good um, wasps, and um, we don't use any glyphosate. So all of those times going down the rows and cost and money, it's we don't have to. Plus, we've got better water holding capacity, so it saves me on water as well. Yeah. And what's the, I mean, in the Kunawara, so you're based in the Kunawara. Yeah. So, I mean, what is there, is there other, is there other wineries taking these practices up? Is it, are you still kind of an outlier or? I mean, no, we're an outlier yeah. at this stage, but yeah, we've, we've just put our whole spray program online onto kunara.com for everybody to use. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, That's gardeners great. like yourself yeah. to oh, check it out. the biggest vineyards, mm-hmm. you know, we're, open with it we spent a fortune on water last year my, my wife's been telling me about yeah like sort of um uh, like companion planting or you know yeah. so, you know because i sort of did have these you know these crops and you know nothing around them so you know sort water's leaching off the soil you know the, yep. so yeah yeah look in the in the middle of january when everybody else's grass between their rows are dead yeah you know we've still got high yeah cool green grass last year i took two steps into the first row of our vineyard, stood there and took photos of five different types of butterfly. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And sent it to the butterfly conservation group to try and analyse what some of them are like, where did you take these? And like, you know, vineyard, they're like, what? That doesn't sound right. Yeah. So, I mean, on a simple level, it kind of makes sense, right? Like, like let, oh, let things kind of grow perfect. and, you know, don't kill off everything around it and just try and focus on one yeah. you know, non-native yeah, we've species. got um, one, which you can actually buy this um, wasp, but it's called the trichogramma wasp, and okay. it's the size of the sharp end of a pin. So it's the smallest wow, insect wow. in the world, and it lays its eggs in the light brown apple moth eggs. Okay. So the larvae hatches and eats the egg from inside out, and the wow. only reason you know that you've got it is the eggs actually turn black. So wow. when you see the eggs on the wow. on the leaf, you can see that they're a different color. Hmm. So it's, um, you know... Tiny things like this. Everybody's scared of wasps, but these five wasps that we have are completely harmless to humans. And and one we was this huge one inch long wasp, which I took photos of and sent it to entomologists and said, you know, what is this wasp? It looks really dangerous. And he said, no, it's not even a wasp. It's a scorpion fly. Wow. And it and it grabs light brown apple moth out of the out of the sky does that bring in bird life as well like does it does it sort of keep flowing Not through a lot. The, yeah okay. look we've got um some great hawks that keep all of our yeah, know, sure. birds that might eat our grapes down so we're a bit lucky in that regard but um yeah no we're 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 a bit lucky that touch wood i don't know if you uh you know john saunders from uh, mclaren vale uh no white feather winery oh, okay um, no so look him look, up. Look him up. So he has yep. similar practices. Small, small, um, small vineyard. He was telling me about yeah, the hawks as well. So he has com- complete uh, organic vineyard, and I, I think uses similar practices to you. So worth worth checking out. But he was telling me about the hawks and how important they are for his kind of yeah. Yeah, Dad used to shoot certain pest birds and yeah. leave them on on the <laughs> post, and the hawks would actually come and grab them, and yeah, sure. eventually. You know, it's such a good meal ticket for them. Mm. They actually moved in, so yeah. we have a pair that come back every year. In wow. fact, on one on our property, we've got um, some peregrine falcons that wow. come back to the same nest that have been coming back there for over 110 years. That's amazing. Jeez. Yeah, it's just this empty hollow for? tree. <clears throat> How long they live for? The, the Not that long, but you know, their generations <laughs> yeah, just sure, come sure. back yeah. again and again. Yeah, I think so. both generally have like pretty long lifespans. Yeah, they probably yeah. do for, for their size anyway. Yeah. Falcons would live for 
six or seven yeah, years. I mean, not, not that long, I would imagine. Yeah. But hmm. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's amazing. So, yeah, we get that nutrients back. But then, you know, we find then the human body, we get a lot more natural nutrients in it. And, you know, all of these things, like I've mentioned about magnesium, you know, it can help depression. Um, things like just bring back a lot of those, you know, natural nutrients like your vitamin Bs. Are really important for that side of things yeah. as well, and and then you find that it, you know as from taking it from even just things like um, you know road rage, you know yeah, right sure. up to schizophrenia, you yeah. know they're finding such massive links to missing uh, nutrients, and um, there's a great scientist called Jenny, Jerry uh, Brunelli okay. who um, did a paper and analysed they tested the nutrient levels of food from 1923 up until present day and found that basically the food that we are eating now is on average five times less nutritious than what it was. And I would say that's skewed as well because I would say that there's probably a lot of people that it's it's like 70s, 80% less. You know, there's a lot of the population that, you know, are, are not even eating sort of, you know, well, that's they're, right. Whole they're supermarket vegetables, that's you know, right. just eating whole foods. So, mm. so if you if you're eating some processed stuff, yep. every day. And they've said, you know, they've done a study and found one third of the food in a supermarket has actually zero nutrition nutritional wow. value. One so, third. if you add that, plus the fact that we're getting potentially five times less nutrients in our food, mm. you know, when people say we don't need to take multivitamins and things, that. A hundred years ago, maybe, but unless you're growing, you know, highly nutritious mm. food, you're you're not getting enough to sustain you or to stop that disease. So it's exactly like the weed dies from not being able to absorb those minerals. You know, our body has they have proven it. There's a great um, doctor called Dr. Abram Hoffer, who's shown basically, you know, if you are missing a, a mineral, then that leaves an opening for disease. Yeah, so. Getting all of those up to levels that are going to sustain you healthily, stop the disease getting in, you know, especially little things that you don't even realize, just bad moods and anger, then to depression, they're all all linked. What do you think? So you've obviously had this sort of life event that's kind of, you know, and you've obviously grown up in, you know, on the land, I suppose, and, and, and dealing with, you know, agriculture and, and well, people, you know, your average person that you know, goes by the stuff from the supermarket. How do we start you know, changing people? How do we start educating people about this? Because you know, it's one of those things that yep. you know we we all live busy lives, right? And and and, and if you're in business, if you're a farmer, then you, the bottom line is everything that matters, right? You just shit. We just need to put food on the table yep. for my family. That's so I, I don't. This is, how long is this going to take me to go organic? It's going to take me five years. I'm going to lose. It's, it's you know the fear around yep. it. No, look, you can do it in a year. Wow. We did it in the uh, Macambia Vineyard in one year. We went organic. Vineyards are much easier, I think, just because of the fact that we have that all that empty space yeah, down the sure. rows that we can put cover crops on. But we just literally let them grow out. And within three years, we had, you know, those, um, the scorpion flies I was mentioning, mm. just literally tens of thousands of them. And, wow. And the great thing was mm. is that, the next door neighbour who used a lot of chemical was seeing what we were doing, and now he's a full believer. Cool. He's seen it. He's realised mm. that we've you know spent less time on a tractor than him. Mm. He can make more profits, and if he goes organic, then that's a, an extra bonus to be able to sell it at a better profit. So, you know, and the truth is that once he actually realises the ecosystem organics, that it will cost him a lot less as well. 
I think there's this thing around, like, fr- from a consumer's point of view, like, cost. So you mentioned before, Nick, you can go to the supermarket, organic stuff costs mm. more, right? Mm-hmm. If you start looking, if you, could, if you could see a tangible health benefit, right? Like, this stuff is actually, like, sugar, for example. Like, sugar's you know, in small quantities, it's fine. But I think the amount that we eat it in the Western world anyway is really, you know, really bad for us. But I think yeah. if people could see, you know, like like they put the warnings on cigarettes now, right? That, yeah, that's yeah. that kind of same uh, thing. Like, this, this is killing people. This is, you know, yeah. then people go, oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't be eating this mm. you know, chocolate. Yeah, whatever I, was, it is. I was watching like a clip of just some dude boiling um, Coke in a frying pan. Oh, yeah. Right. After all the liquids evaporated, it's just literally just. All of it's sugar. Yeah, just like you scoop the sugar up. Yeah, I literally met with a food scientist today, and we we're talking about that. Okay. So a coke is about um, twelve bricks, which means it's uh, every liter of water mm. is twelve grams of sugar. Wow. Right. So okay. I actually, also read somewhere. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but coke actually puts like um, what's it called? Like a like a like a drug in it that prevents you from from throwing up. No right. Yeah. Oh really? Well, the, yeah. what they do use. They, I don't know if it's true. But they've it shifted like from natural sugar cane to um, uh, uh, corn syrup. Yeah, sure. Okay. And so okay. what's okay. actually happened is that normal uh, sugar, our bodies can actually detect when we've had too much, and so we cut it off. Mm. Whereas corn syrup, the body, because it's such a new thing, doesn't register it, and so you just keep drinking and drinking it. Mm. And there's no shut off mechanisms, which is why. That the whole Western world's now shifted to to corn syrup, basically, oh, wow. and that's why you know there's so many uh, issues with that because a lot of that can actually drag a lot of the minerals out of your system as well. Mm-hmm. So and that, I, I mean, how to keep them in again in the states, thing. but obviously it's you know driving it is you know those, those monocultures of corn is ripping everything out and planting corn and yeah. having the same issues with you know the nutrients in the soil kind of dying off with these monocultures being planted and having to. Exactly. Yeah, like uh, and of course GMOs. they're not being helped because they're they're getting subsidies. As yeah, hundred well. percent. So you know our farmers are competing against the subsidies, and the, you know they're disappointed because of course they can't make the same amount of money. So we have to look at it differently at, and ways to you know realize just how important that one paper sheet thin bit of soil yeah. is. That every time you lose one of those, it's a ton. Mm-hmm. So you're losing just tons and tons off when you when you do till. Mm-hmm. So if we can it, it's put act, that back, it's it's really frightening. I think that more and more recently, I we've kind of grown up knowing it, but it's one of those things that you don't see tangibly every day, right? Like you don't see the soil going. You can't you can't picture in sixty years what that actually means for yep. like you know our families and the economy and just our lifestyle. Like you know we we, we could be sitting here and you know as I don't know seventy year olds it, with in you know a, a desert, you know just sitting you know with, with yeah, that's right. So, you know, we we would love things like the government to do um, no-till, you know, really work it with farmers saying this will actually make you money. You know, it's not going to hurt you. Um, things like burning off still happens. You know, every acre that burns off is the equivalent of 6,000 cars on the road for a year. Wow. You know, that's a lot for just burning off a, a, a hectare, sorry, of, of paddock. Okay. And that all that carbon just been lost, it's, you know, depleting it from the soil you know if you can put it back in it's going to hold so much more water you know we've got a huge problem with droughts imagine if we can get three percent more organic material so at the moment the on average australia has 1.5 percent of organic material in their soils before we started here it had five percent wow so if we can get that back you know that that three percent you know the moment the paris treaty is 0.4 i think it is or 0.75 of a percent 
So it's, it's so very easy to actually hit is that. that. Is that the average across the whole nation? No, that's just what they want to get back. So if we can get to 0.75 of a percent of organic material, and this is what the whole mm. Paris Treaty was about, and journalists just didn't pick this up at all because whether they didn't understand it, but that will literally stop global warming. So wow. if we can get 1% back into all the farmlands, that will reverse global warming. There's a lot of misinformation around this, right? Like oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah. You know, there was, did you see the Monsanto document uh, uh, they did uh, on Four Corners recently? And, I didn't see the Four Corners special, no. And they talked about the dangers of it and things. Yeah. And, but one of the, off the comments that the head of Monsanto said was, oh, well, if you don't use us, you're going to use something which is much worse. You know, it's like saying, you need me. And, yeah. You know, these farmers that are making so much more return on their investment are saying, definitely don't need you. We are making really good. You know, the whole of Saskatchewan, you know, yeah. is pretty much saying, no, we don't. This is actually fine. We've got a great new invention here in South Australia called the Harrington Seed Smasher, which is just knocking, it's smashing all of the weed seeds when they harvest uh, wheat. Mm. Um, and that is going to save millions and millions. Wow. Yeah, so that's something that government should be pushing as well. Mm. So on a small or average size arid farm, they spend about $200,000. So let's say it's a 5,000-acre farm. They'll generally spend about 200000 on chemical use. So if they can knock that down by half, you know, 100000 mm. and that's what the Harrington Sea Smasher costs, yeah. 100 grand. Yeah. But, you know, they can get it back in a year. Yeah, yeah. wow. <laughs> So it's, um, you know, these things are, are massive and, you know, you get this massive information, misinformation about these big companies. Yeah. Like, you know, we've, we've got it with Monsanto, but we're also getting it with these drug companies and, and you know, one of the big misinformation is that you can overdose on minerals. Well, they have, n- nobody ever has died of an overdose of a mineral. And in fact, the, the Orthomolecular Society of America analyzed it and from um, when they actually started doing checking when how people die in the world from the very start of it which i think was about 1956 till now they said that there were 13 people who had died of an overdose of a mineral of some sort yeah and they said we don't believe you looked into those 13 and found that the doctors had just guessed so and there were things like alcoholics and things that had a myriad of problems yeah sure um, but since uh, 2015 16, 17, 18, they've, this same organization has been checking on deaths and not a single zero death of, of uh, overdose of, of minerals, you know, as opposed to things like it was something like 13,000 deaths of prescribed medicines just in the UK alone. Yeah, in sure. One year. You know, it's it's huge problem. And then things like and they're, yeah, like, they're sh- taking them correctly, not overdosing or anything. That's just as the doctor has prescribed. Yeah, it's frightening. But I mean, it, it comes back to that thing of you know actually thinking and you know paying critical attention to the, the stuff that you know not even that we're putting in the soil, but we're putting in our bodies, right? And I think that you know a lot of us just you know the doctor prescribes something oh, must just be, check, must yeah, be good. just take it. But just but, yeah, but you need to look into that stuff. Well, I think it's, again, it's a, so much similar to a plant. If yeah. you don't get the nutrients right first, sure. you're going to use a lot of chemicals. You know, so if to, you build yeah, up the nutrients first, it and then, you're then and quite often if you do build up the nutrients, the chemicals work better anyway if you do end up using, but you won't need as much. Sure. So, and it's the same with the, the body. You know, there's, there's just no downside to taking vitamins at all. You know, so it's, it, 
you can't overdose on it. There's no issues. There was, in fact, one uh, doctor who stated the highest amount of vitamin B3, which he was, had prescribed. So this is um, Dr. Adrian Hoffer had, um, over his lifetime, had seen 6,000 people for um, depression and schizophrenia and similar and he had an eighty over an eighty percent success rate of treating it just with vitamins. Wow. So nutritional, you know, building up the nutrients in the body. The current uh, success rate for drugs at the moment is between ten and twenty percent. Mm. So and a lot of it's just, just you know, just a, it's just a blocker, right? It's just, just sort of master symptoms as opposed oh, to treating it. It's massive. And he said that the highest dose he ever saw of vitamin B three was a, a schizophrenic sixteen year old girl who um, is her parents kept telling her to take the vitamin B3 in. She said, fine, I'll take it, and then attempted to overdose on it and took 250 pills of 500 milligram vitamin B3. Oh, yeah. And the only side effect was that finally the voices in her head stopped. So since then, she's been taking 3,000 milligrams, which the daily recommended dose is about 10 milligrams mm. um, a day, 3,000 milligrams a day. She said it's never come back. So schizophrenia was cured. Wow. Oh, well, I, I mean, I suppose it takes, you know, people like yourself to, you know, making this, a small change. And I think, it, I think it needs everybody to sort of realise it on that kind of personal level and grow out from there, right? So we can start affecting change. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it's obviously hard to sort of get everybody to, to change all at once. But I think if we can start educating people and... It's little things. Yeah. You know, if, you know, years ago, two years ago, I wasn't doing any of this, you know, mineral-wise. Mm. But once you learn it in the soil and the plants and go, well, you know, if, it's, if you don't have the minerals in the soil, it's not getting in the plant. If you don't have it in the plant, we're not eating it. So therefore, you know, maybe I am mineral deficient. Mm. And I started doing these, what I now call my super smoothies, but, you know, all of these minerals in it in the morning. And I feel so much clearer, you know, no mood swings. I've lost about three kilos of fat and nice. put on about five kilos of muscle. Hmm. And I only do about 10 minutes of exercise a day. What's in your so, smoothie? What's the recipe? Well, actually, I'll put it online, but yeah. it is quite extensive. But it works out to be under a cup of coffee, cost okay. a day. Yeah. So, and everything that you can't overdose on. Mm -hmm. So um, the research, it's all linked there back to it so that you can actually have a look at it and, Sweet. and make sure that you're you know, you are taking something that's not going to hurt you. Now, vitamin B3 is really important, but you can sometimes get a bit of a flush from okay. it. So people think that they're reacting to it, but in fact, that's normal. Sweet. Oh, if you could share that link as well, that'd be amazing. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, yep. oh, definitely. Awesome. Oh, well, thanks so much for coming out and chatting. So I feel like we should chat for no another worries. two or three hours. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll have to have you on again sometime. Yeah, yeah no, we'll, we'll uh, solve the rest of the world's problems yeah. next time. <laughs> I like it. Oh, thanks so much for coming down, mate. That's Pleasure. Awesome, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers.